Five minutes, eight minutes uh, or 12 minutes past eight. And we're going to continue with the World Cancer Day story because uh, we've had a couple of questions and someone said, and I think that this is absolutely critical because it talks to the burden on the healthcare system. Someone said, all the medical advice in the world can't help when thousands are waiting years for surgery. And that comes as an SMS. We don't have your name. Our apologies. But I thought that that was a great SMS to start the conversation with because what happens when you are battling to receive treatment at um, state hospitals and maybe you can't even get to a state hospital? Dr. Sudarshan Naidu is a radiation oncologist. He's also the founder of the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation. Dr. Naidu, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Naidu, um, first of all, the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation, what do you do? Yeah, so, so let's start before that, right? So the cancer crisis in South Africa has actually become an insurmountable human rights crisis. Yeah. Where cancer treatment and care is disproportionately associated with economic status, yeah. access to health insurance, and geographic location. Yeah. Now, with these high costs that are rising, treatment has become unaffordable for the majority of South Africans out there. And in some geographical areas, because of a lack of human resources, a lack of structure in the state public sector, many patients have to wait months to years even for yeah. radiation or chemotherapy treatment. And unfortunately, these patients will pass away from a death that could be prevented, which is a human rights crisis. So the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation has actually been formed as a non-profit organization that will assist and try to alleviate the burden on this public health care system and crisis by providing a better access to treatment for uninsured cancer patients. So how would we do that? We would achieve this in three ways. One, we would want to increase the number of oncologists training in the public sector by funding them privately with bursaries from the foundation as only 15% of the oncologists in South Africa service 85% of the population. Sure. And that is why waiting lists are so high. So the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation, that would be number one priority to increase the number of cancer specialists in this country. And two is to actually pay for treatment and privately fund patients who are waiting on these waiting lists for many months to years and prevent their death by paying for their treatment in the private sector from the foundation completely. And that is the first in South Africa and also the first in Southern Africa where someone would pay for another patient's treatment. And thirdly, because I am a child who, who suffered from a death of a cancer patient, namely my father was yeah. a physician, and that is why I started up this foundation. And the reason why I became an oncologist is because my aunt died at a very early age of cancer. Yeah. And that actually made a huge impact on me, is that I want to get this foundation to support and help families that are going through cancer, provide them with emotional support, financial support, mindful support uh, to what they need during their time with their family member, for the patient, and after. I hope that helps. So, know so, what we are trying to do. 
So, Dr. Naidu, I, I mean, I'm always interested in how not-for-profits operate and how they fund themselves and that kind of thing. So I'm going to ask you this briefly, and then I do want to go into some of the questions from our listeners as well. Um, how does one fund? Who Who is going to put the money in? I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking of the not-for-profit Wings and Wishes, and they fund... Um, children getting no. getting to hospitals around the country and I know how challenging it is for them to get the money to do that. How do you do it? Yes. So we are completely reliant on the donations of South Africans and corporates to assist us yeah. in making this dream a reality to get equal care to every South African yeah. that has been burdened by this disease. So that is how we are trying to fund this venture. It's from the goodness and the heroes that are out there in South Africa that will help us as a vessel to help others. So please, listeners, South Africans, corporates, please log on to the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation webpage and yeah. please donate to us so we can help everybody. Dr. Naidu, you talk about um, geographic location. You also talk about the burden, and that was something we were talking about a little earlier with Dr. Wishnia was the issue of the burden on um, state health and the challenge that we see, prevention of it, but also the burden on the medical system. Are we uh, able to, would you be able to support within those areas? Would, your, would your, um, your, your work as an oncologist work in the public sector? So, so if I'm trying to understand it, so so what happens is that there are three major centers in South Africa that provide uh, cancer treatment, or the larger centers, being at uh, Cape Town in the Western Cape, Johannesburg in Kauteng, and in uh, Durban, KwaZulu Natal. The problem is that because we know that there's only 15% of the oncologists servicing 85% of the population, yeah. There are bottlenecks and waiting lists that occur in those areas. Mm. Now, as well, because of the limited resources in smaller cities, smaller geographic locations, a patient in Cape Town may receive a higher tier of care than a patient that's in another city that doesn't have that amount of advanced treatment techniques mm. or that city doesn't have the available resources treat the patient. Sure. So basically, where you stay matters what treatment you'll receive, which I think is very unfair that a life or death situation should yeah. be based on where you stay. Sure, sure. Dr. Naidu, we have a question from someone saying, "Is um, could one detect cancer from an ordinary blood count test? Uh, no, not really. So there are something called tumor markers in the blood. Yeah. It will be tumor markers for breast, gynae oncology, and GIT cancers. These tumor markers will give an oncologist an idea if something is going on. But currently, there's no single blood test to know that one has cancer or not. So you talk about a GIG cancer. What is a GIG cancer? So that's a gastrointestinal tract cancer, yeah. so that's a gastrointestinal tract from, okay. from the oral cavity, the esophagus, going mm. all the way down to the anus. So that's your esophagus, your stomach, your rectum, your anus. Okay, so it's the entire um, 
food system, yeah. basically from mouth to tail, so to speak. Um, let's. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question from someone here. Their concern of possible breast cancer. Let's just go to that. Good day, SAFM. Mine is a lump on my head, on the left side of my my skull. A small lump, which has just grown now. It was. It hasn't been there. I'm not getting any headaches or anything, but it's it's concerning me. Should I be worried? Should I uh, check on something health-wise with a lump on my head? This is Nikki Way from Bloom. Thank you. Good morning, Michelle. Um, you're speaking to Zoe here from Uppington. Um, I loved your story about cancer, but um, I have experience of my own. I have an uncle of mine who was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And the one challenge that I found was that um, the medication and the whole process of dealing with cancer is quite expensive. And I feel like um, even though you try and help the person, um, it's just not as easy for the family and it's also not easy for all of us. And getting proper access, you know, to the core so that people can get the right information and also how to take care of that person because also their lifestyle needs to change, their food needs to change, how they do things needs to change. So thank you for the information, but I wish we could have even a broader conversation about this issue and how cancer is really, really affecting each and every one of us. Okay, so Nikiwa and Bloom talking about a lump on her head. Um, I imagine she would have to go for a scan for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. If she has a lump on her head that has changed in size, that is increasing in size, or that is painful, she should go to her local family doctor for him to assess it and then to decide whether she would require a scan and then maybe a biopsy of that area where they take a piece of tissue and send it to the lab for them to assess. Maybe if it is just a benign lesion or a cancerous lesion, but that will have to be assessed by her family doctor. The second caller that called in, I completely understand her frustration and I completely understand where she is coming from. And this is the reason why my my friends, other oncologists, have actually founded this foundation to fill that gap in care that is lacking in this country. And we are hoping we can fill the gap for the African. You know, um, I, th- I think what the second caller Zoe was saying, it really does talk to the 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 access and agency that we have around and, and that we don't have around. And it's based on inequality. And I know that Noel has just tweeted to say, are we recognizing the inequality amongst vulnerable and poor communities and how they have access? Talk to us a little bit more about um, those challenges and how that can be resolved, apart from the foundation, of course. Apart from the foundation, of course. So when we say equality of care, firstly, there's a problem for when people stay in remote locations that are Mm. further away from tertiary hospitals. Sometimes they get lost in the system because when they go to the primary healthcare level, they don't get referred properly to a secondary level because maybe they're not uh, they, in, from an educational side 
at a primary level that could be lacking to look out for cancers. So that could be one reason why. The second reason as to quality of care, we know that when patients are in a more uh, metropolitan center, they actually have greater access Mm. to care because more hospitals, there are more clinics available. And the third reason is that we are unfortunately in a position where 15% of the population have medical insurance, whereas 85% of our population have no medical insurance and are relying on a state government healthcare system which is currently poorly infrastructure. Some of them are poorly run, and that is why the care will be unequal amongst different socioeconomic groups. Mm. Dr. Sudeshen Naidu, he's a radiation oncologist and founder of the Johnson Rose Cancer Foundation, talking to the theme of World Cancer Day today, and the theme is Close the Care 